everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everybody, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Chris. I am here with Ryan and Andrew, and we're continuing our journey through 1 Samuel, and we started today with a long passage that really highlighted the relationship that David has with Jonathan, and we see just that continual downward spiral of Saul's anger, uh, him attempting to kill David, but now, uh, even in this story, he doesn't just limit his anger towards David, he actually threw a spear at his own son, Um, so things are getting a little bit out of hand. So what are some of the things you guys saw in this passage, uh, especially in the connection and the friendship between David and Jonathan? Uh, I think as we, as we talked specifically about the the friendship of David and Jonathan, like we, we actually just had a pretty engaging conversation about it before we even turned this on. But there's, there's a very unique relationship between David and Jonathan that if you really want to spend a lot of time digging into it, um, there's a really strong, authentic uh, friendship that I think stands out as pretty unique. Um, when it comes to friendship among men. Um, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I do. I mean, uh, at one point, I can't remember exactly where it is, but David describes the love that he has for Jonathan is is greater or different than he has for that of a woman. And sometimes that gets taken out of context, I think, too, in our highly sexualized culture that we, we think that, well, then do they have a sexual kind of relationship, which there are some views out there that, there was some of that. I don't think the text indicates that at all. And I think it's just kind of a modern way that if somebody gets really close, it has to lead towards sex, which the Bible never says. The Bible actually always encourages us to have good, deep friendships. So I just think we have a, a really great friendship here between these two guys. I think it's a, a beautiful picture and something that we probably all need a little bit more of in our life. Well, I think it's, I think it's pretty actually incredible and kind of profound, and maybe it doesn't get talked about enough, but... If if a sexualization of something is removed, like if, if the end goal of it isn't, it must be headed towards that, I think that that all of a sudden starts to show what depth of relationship mm. is actually possible, what's actually there, and what can happen when... Um, when it doesn't have this bend, you know, this bend that always goes towards sexualization. And I think that's really important for us to see and hear because unfortunately, I think that we could be, could be missing out on a lot of depths of relationships because of that, you know? And I think it's great to hear you talk about it, Andrew, because you're single. Mm -hmm. And I think this is one of the ways that singles can, especially in this culture that, you know, the ultimate form of intimacy is sex. Well, where does that leave singles? And that means that, I mean, even Jesus was missing out on something on earth uh, and he was deficient or he, you know, wasn't able to experience something. So I I think this is a great picture of you, you can have a deep relationship without it leading towards sex. And that, I mean, it sounds like good news for singles. Well, it actually really, really is. Because I mean, I think that like when it comes to, um, you know, God promises um, to, to I, I think God has a way of providing 
against loneliness. You know, mm-hmm. like if I'm coming to God and I'm saying, oh my gosh, Lord, I am so lonely. If I'm doing that and I'm asking for God to, to provide, it, the, it, it isn't always done through a spouse. And I think that even with people that have been married, there are many stories of people that have been married and then maybe it's through becoming widowed or whatever, are no longer married. Um, it doesn't mean that God is short on being able to provide you know, to provide for that, you know? And I think that this actually gives, for me, it actually gives a lot of, like, I think it's important to be able to read this story in that way and know that the way that God has gifted us with relationships and friendships is actually, um, it, it, there, there's actually a lot more there. There, there. There's strength in that friendship. There's depth. There's, uh, you know, there's more to it than what, like you said, our sexualized society might paint you know, the picture of. Which know? I think is also a myth that says when you are married, your spouse is supposed to meet all your needs. Right. Like uh, my wife has always been great at encouraging me to have guy friends and to go out and do stuff like that because she knows like she cannot be the end all of my relationships. And I do the same with her. Like I want her to do things with other ladies and to have good relationships that way. So I think, yeah, sometimes we just get mixed up (laughs) in these things. And this is a great reminder just of what a beautiful friendship can be, even in the pages of scripture here that we see. Mm -hmm. That's, I think it's huge. That's awesome. So what else are we seeing in this passage? Anything else standing out? I just think it's hilarious that the king says, we have enough crazy people around here. Why are you going to bring this extra crazy person? <laughs> it's true. So set up that story a little bit, Ryan. Uh, we just went from talking about David and Jonathan, and now we're moving to a different part of the story. So David basically finds himself in a hostile situation. Um, and in that hostile situation, uh, I think what we would anticipate from what we know about David is that he would fight his way out or he would kind of, you know— some kind of super clever way or whatever, he actually just ends up pretending to be insane. Uh, And so because he pretends to be insane, there's no uh, antagonism towards him. Uh, And actually the, the King becomes frustrated because he's like, why did you bring me this crazy person? Like this, this, this is a waste of my time. Um, And then we go immediately into this Psalm because we're like taking this, uh, taking the Psalms as they were written. We go immediately into this Psalm uh, that seems to be uh, either about how God led him to, to handle things this way, or maybe he's he's looking back. You know, we're not sure if he's looking ahead or if he's looking back or if he's just in the midst of it. But there seems to be this deep appreciation for how God gave him wisdom to handle this situation. Perhaps even telling him to act like he's crazy uh, to be protected. That would be crazy. <laughs> Are we having like a biblical example here of like you know the whole thing that when you get pulled over by a police officer, you just start crying. Like, is this the new, <laughs> the, you know, lean into God and He'll tell you to be crazy? No, actually, well, you probably shouldn't be speeding in the first place, right? Like, it, scratch it's, on the door, start drooling, and maybe that's a thing. I wouldn't advise that in a traffic stop. <laughs> it's interesting to me that that, that is a way. Uh, it's a way that He leans into God that that handles the situation without violence. Um, that's a good point. Which is which is, I think, worth noting. Um, it's, it's not that God is, you know, obviously we've seen lots of violence, so it, it doesn't give us any kind of prescription, but it's interesting that David handles this situation nonviolently uh, and is delivered from it. Yeah. Again, I, I, it's hard to say exactly how this went, but we, we certainly see David leaning into God and, and just asking for wisdom, asking for mm-hmm. deliverance. And what if God gave him this idea? Yeah. I mean, that would be kind of 
kind of a cool thing. Imagine the faith it would actually take if God reveals to him, like, hey, just drool on your beard. Is this really you, God? And, and I mean, David's really? Like, what? Like, I, I literally was just around Goliath's sword. I don't, I don't need to use that at all. Or <laughs> So we're going to do the drool thing then. <laughs> One of the Very things that I love about this psalm is how good David is at reminding himself of the things of God mm-hmm. and stirring up his yeah. soul. Like, I don't know if how, how much anybody listening to this have have, have heard about people like leading themselves, like leading themselves to worship. And, but that's a very important thing. But I was even thinking as I was reading this and I was telling Chris and Ryan this a a bit ago that, um, that I'm not always good at leading myself to this. David was really good at it. And this is really helpful to read the Psalm. And it all of a sudden makes me go, Oh yes. Oh yeah. The joys of those, how, Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him, fear the Lord. You're his godly people. And 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 this and and so that becomes one of the very helpful, amazing things about the word of God. About like even if I can't pick myself up, so to speak, to worship God, I can open up his word, read this, and be like, mm. Oh yeah, David was really good about about how to do that. And it's recorded in his word, and this is so helpful to me right now. And imagine if we didn't have the psalm to show us that. Like right. we just had the story of David pretending to be crazy, it would be like, okay, well, that's kind of a unique story. But that insight into David's personal relationship, I think, takes it that much deeper. So that's the kind of stuff we're getting to see here on God's Whole Story. And uh, we're going to keep going on this journey. David, uh, we're going to see his relationship with God. We're going to see his ascent to the kingship and see many more of these ways that we can dive into our relationship with God in a deeper way. So thanks for joining us on God's Whole Story. If you have any comments or questions, drop a comment in the box and we will get back to you. See ya. Bye. David now fled Naoth in Ramah and found Jonathan. What have I done? He exclaimed. What is my crime? How have I offended your father that he is so determined to kill me? That's not true, Jonathan protested. You're not going to die. He always tells me everything he's going to do, even the little things. I know my father wouldn't hide something like this from me. It it just isn't so. Then David took an oath before Jonathan and said, Your father knows perfectly well about our friendship. So he has said to himself, I won't tell Jonathan. Why should I hurt him? But I swear to you that I am only a step away from death. I swear it by the Lord and by your own soul. Tell me, what can I do to help you? Jonathan exclaimed. David replied, Tomorrow we celebrate the New Moon Festival. I've always eaten with the king on this occasion, but tomorrow I'll hide in the field and stay there until the evening of the third day. If your father asks where I am, tell him I ask permission to go home to Bethlehem for an annual family sacrifice. If he says, Fine, you will know all is well. But if he is angry and loses his temper, you will know that he is determined to kill me. Show me this loyalty as my sworn friend, for he made a solemn pact before the Lord. Or kill me yourself if I have sinned against your father, but please don't betray me to him. Never, Jonathan exclaimed. You know that if I had the slightest notion my father was planning to kill you, I would tell you at once. Then David asked, How will I know whether or not your father is angry? Come out to the field with me, Jonathan replied. And they went out there together. Then Jonathan told David, I promise by the Lord, the God of Israel, that by this time tomorrow or the next day at the latest, I will talk to my father and let you know at once how he feels about you. If he speaks favorably about you, I will let you know. But if he is angry and wants wants you killed, may the Lord strike me and even kill me if I don't warn you so you can escape and live. May the Lord be with you as he 
used to be with my father. And may you treat me with the faithful love of the Lord as long as I live. But if I die, treat my family with this faithful love, even when the Lord destroys all the enemies, all your enemies from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a solemn pact with David, saying, May the Lord destroy all your enemies. And Jonathan made David reaffirm his vow of friendship again. For Jonathan loved David as he loved himself. Then Jonathan said, Tomorrow we celebrate the new moon festival. You will be missed when your place at the table is empty. The day after tomorrow, toward evening, go to the place where where you hid before and wait there by the stone pile. I will come out and shoot three arrows to the side of the stone pile as though I were shooting at a target. Then I will send a boy to bring the arrows back. If you hear me tell him they're on this side, then you will know as surely as the Lord lives that all is well and there is no trouble. But if I tell him, go farther, the arrows are still ahead of you, then it will mean that you must leave immediately, for the Lord is sending you away. And may the Lord make us keep our promises to each other, for he has witnessed them. So David hid himself in the field, and when the new moon festival began, the king sat down to eat. He sat at his usual place against the wall, with Jonathan sitting opposite him, and Abner beside him. But David's place was empty. Saul didn't say anything about it that day, for he said to himself, something must have made David ceremonially unclean. But when David's place was empty the next day, Saul asked Jonathan, why hasn't the son of Jesse been here for the meal either yesterday or today? Jonathan replied, David earnestly asked asked me if I could go to Bethlehem. He said, please let me go, for we are having a family sacrifice. My brother demanded that I be there, so please let me go away to see my brothers. That's why he isn't here at the king's table. Saul boiled with rage at Jonathan. You stupid son of a whore, he swore at him. Do you think I don't know that you want him to be king in your place, shaming yourself and your mother? As long as... That son of Jesse is alive, you'll never be king. Now go and get him so I can kill him. But why should he be put to death? Jonathan asked his father. What has he done? Then Saul hurled his spear at Jonathan, intending to kill him. So at last Jonathan realized that his father was really determined to kill David. Jonathan left the table in fierce anger and refused to eat on that day of the festival, for he was crushed by his father's shameful behavior toward David. The next morning, as agreed, Jonathan went out into the field and took a young boy with him to gather his arrows. Start running, he told the boy, so you can find the arrows as I shoot them. So the boy ran, and Jonathan shot an arrow beyond him. When the boy had almost reached the arrow, Jonathan shouted, the arrow, the arrow is still ahead of you. Hurry, hurry, don't wait. So the boy quickly gathered up the arrows and ran back to his master. He, of course, suspected nothing. Only Jonathan and David understood the signal. Then Jonathan gave his bow and arrows to the boy and told him to take take them back to town. As soon as the boy was gone, David came out from where he had been hiding near the stone pile. Then David bowed three times to Jonathan with his face to the ground. Both of them were in tears as they embraced each other and said goodbye, especially David. At last, Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for we have sworn loyalty to each other in the Lord's name. The Lord is the witness of a bond between us and our, child, and our children forever. Then David left, and Jonathan returned to the town. David went to the town of Nob to see Ahimelech the priest. Ahimelech trembled when he saw him. Why are you alone, he said. Why is no one with you? 
The king has sent me on a private matter, David said. He told me not to tell anyone why I am here. I have told my men where to meet me later. Now, what is there to eat? Give me five loaves of bread and anything else you have. We don't have any regular bread, the priest replied, but there is the holy bread, which you can have if your young men have not slept with any women recently. Don't worry, David replied. I never allow my men to be with women when we are on a campaign. And since they stay clean, even on ordinary trips, how much more on this one? Since there was no other food available, the priest gave him the holy bread, the bread of the presence that was placed before the Lord in the tabernacle. It had just been replaced that day with fresh bread. Now Doeg the Edomite, Saul's chief herdsman, was there that day, having been detained before the Lord. David asked Ahimelech, Do you have a spear or sword? The king's business was so urgent that I didn't even have time to grab a weapon. I only have the sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, the priest said. It is wrapped in a cloth behind the, behind the ephod. Take that if you want it, for there is nothing else here. There is nothing like it, David replied. Give it to me. So David escaped from Saul and went to King Achish of Gath. But the officers of Achish were unhappy about his being there. Isn't this David the king of the land? They asked. Isn't he the one the people honor with dances, singing? Saul was killed. Saul has killed his thousands, and David his ten thousands. David heard these comments and was very afraid of what King Achish of Gath might do to him. So he pretended to be insane, scratching on doors and drooling down his beard. Finally, King Achish said to his men, "Must you bring me a madman?" We already have enough of them around. Why should I let someone like this be my guest? Psalm 34, a psalm of David regarding the time he pretended to be insane in front of Abimelech, who sent him away. I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. In my desperation, I prayed, and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a guard. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you, his godly people, for those who fear him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. His his ears are open to the cries to their cries for help, but the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. He will erase their memory from the earth. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to to the rescue each time. For the Lord protects the bones of the righteous, not one of them is broken. Calamity will surely destroy the, the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be punished. 
but the Lord will redeem those who serve him. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcast at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you, and if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.